or is it 29? 29. Okay, that's definitely not 39. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to be doing some of our bold opinions on the AFC West, which consists of the Chiefs, Raiders, Broncos, and Chargers. Got some intriguing teams here to talk about today. We do. We do. So, for starters, to start off, we, we, did, we haven't recorded since Tuesday, I think, of last week. So, it's been six days. How, how has your past week been, Joe? Well, I've been up to pit. My sister forgets a lot of stuff. So we, we just got there with <clears throat> dinner. And we'll eat at Shenley Park. We've done a lot. Cross country started back up after Godman was out. And as I mentioned to Colton right before this, it's been pretty brutal lately because I suck now. <laughs> um, but other than that, I've just been, I've been pretty bored. And I've done like a good bit of research on, on microphones and stuff to improve our podcasting setup. We've made some decisions. Um, and we'll have to see how those work out. <clears throat> yes, yeah. yes. Well, I, I went on a camping trip since then with some more of my family. Um, fun times, just chilling out there in the woods, watching some movies at night. Fun times, fun times. And then today, just you know, up the rec center with one of my buddies. First time I've seen him in a while. So fun times, play some basketball, went and got our school computers. All, all good stuff, I guess. So I guess mm-hmm. with that. Here we go. We got a lot of news since we've been out. Um, so, so last episode, or maybe the episode before, we reported George Kittle's humongous extension that he was getting. Just a few days after the George Kittle extension, the second best tight end gets, in our opinion, gets his extension. Travis Kelsey, a four-year, $57 million extension, which adds on to the two years, I believe, that he has left on his current contract to be six more years in Kansas City. For Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes seemed very excited at that on Twitter. Um, for probably the best offensive tight end in the league, a great move to get him locked down. There's been a lot of interesting or like funny things recently online about how like the Chiefs came into the season with like not even $200 in cap space and was able to sign Patrick Mahomes, Chris Jones, and uh, Travis Kelsey all to like humongous deals to keep them around. Yeah, <clears throat> well, I'll never know how they did that. Uh, they definitely did a lot of reworking of contracts and things. They're going to be stuck for the next couple of years with very minimal money, I'm sure. But they locked down the, the main pieces, so the majority of those 10-year films will be there. He will have his stud tight end that he loves to throw the ball to. So you got to love that move because the Chiefs offense just continues to, to be scary for, for the year's future. Indeed it does. Indeed it does. So... Into the next contract extension, we have Kenny Clark, defensive lineman for the Green Bay Packers, signed a four-year, $70 million contract extension, making him the highest-paid nose tackle in NFL history, taking the honors away from Javon Hargrave, the former Steeler. Um, Well-deserved, well-deserved. Probably the best nose tackle in the league, to be fair. Kenny Clark, a run-stuffing beast, very underrated player, and one of the best players on that Green Bay Packers defensive front. Yeah, he was a player I... um... I barely even really knew about um, before you mentioned him in the top 10 defensive line in the list. And then obviously in the most underrated player list, you, I think he might've been on your list, like pretty low because more people are starting to learn about him, but he certainly um, was deserving of it when it came compared to like Javon Hargrave. I think he is better than Javon Hargrave. So <laughs> Javon Hargrave was one of the first Steelers fans knew that, but um, he's no, Kenny he's no, he's so, um, next, I guess, we'll get to a more recent news. 
Gerald McCoy, defensive lineman for the Dallas Cowboys, has ruptured his quad tendon and will be out for the entire season. A big hit for the Cowboys, losing a six-time Pro Bowl defensive lineman. Um, I guess they did recently sign Iverson Griffin. That defensive line was looking scary. Obviously, one of the better players on that line is now out for the season, Gerald McCoy. Really tough. Um, they feared that he tore his ACL. He did not. Um, I, I really like Gerald McCoy as a guy. Uh, that's sad. I've seen him on a lot of podcasts being interviewed. He's just a really, really chill, down-to-earth kind of guy. Um, it always sucks to see this happen to anybody, let alone someone that's you know such a good guy. And that was going to hold a, a major impact for that Dallas Cowboys team. Stinks for them. Stinks for Gerald McCoy. Prayers up to him and, and everyone involved in that. Yeah, it's always sad to see one of the top two players in the league go down, but things of that were happening. You're bound to see it this year, um, <clears throat> maybe even more than ever since the gyms really shut down. I'm just, a lot of these players, you know, they um, especially if they're they're younger. I thought you know that they don't have a gym like an actual gym in their house, so it's hard for them to keep their muscles developed and ready to go. So you always see all those Instagram stories and stuff how they were doing it with um with everything shut down, but. Mm-hmm. Still sad to yeah. see. So, I guess after that bit of sad news, I'll move into some very uplifting news. Earlier, we reported on Alex Smith put on the physically unable to play list. He has now officially been activated off of the physically unable to play list and activated onto the Washington football team's active roster. Many people never thought that we'd be able to see this day after the gruesome leg injury that he suffered. We saw guys like Joe Theismann completely end and have completely ended careers on the exact same injury. Um, you know, it's it's great to see Alex Smith back out there. He's made every single team he's ever been on a better team than they were before. He's a very solid, very capable quarterback. He's always been fringe top 10. Um, Alex Smith's a great quarterback. He's a winning player. And um, whether we'll ever whether he's going to start for Washington this year, who knows? Um, but Alex Smith, it's just great to see a guy like that back in the league and being able to come back and such a gruesome injury. Maybe. I feel, like, I feel like they might move him before the start of the season if they really want to... Either, you know, stick with the quarterbacks they have or, or try and tank, per se, for, for Trevor Lawrence. But who cares? I mean, really, like, they're going to be bad either. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's rough yeah. for to come in such a in such a bad situation. They lost Darius Geis, obviously, and they don't have – they have little to none receiving options, little to none offense. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. That is accurate there. But Des Bryant next. Former Dallas Cowboys wide receiver last season, you saw him sign with the New Orleans Saints, and then I believe he tore his ACL, if I'm not mistaken, like one or two practices in. I thought it was his Kelly's. I'm not sure. I don't remember. I do not remember what the injury was, but he is set to work out with the Baltimore Ravens this week. Um, Good move for the Ravens, who really all they have is Marquise Brown, the speedy, the speedy deep threat, and Willie Sneed, another speedy deep threat. it's nice to bring in somebody that's going to have a little bit more of an impact there in all levels of the field, as Des Bryant showed that he was able to do in Dallas. We don't know exactly what condition he's going to come back into. He looked to be in football shape for New Orleans last season. Um, there's no reason to assume that he's not anymore. Des Bryant, um, we don't know what shape he's going to come back in. Like I said, we don't know how productive he's going to be on the field, but it's a big name, so we report it. Baltimore Ravens could be saying Des Bryant. Who knows? We'll see. So that leaves the Steelers with a... Uh... With Terrell Pryor, if they were going to try and sign a wide receiver, they are not going to try mm-hmm. and sign a wide receiver. Um, but I know I mentioned that in an article. I mentioned my article that I wrote a lot of times, and two people have ever read it. So, <laughs> um, I don't know. That's I thought the Steelers would sign some sort of veteran wide receiver presence, but they stuck with their young guns. 
and I am sure they know what they're doing. So, that's, yeah. uh, so um, we know that Matt Nagy, as we've talked about many times here, operated two years ago on the Chicago Bears 12 and 4 season on largely a quote unquote smoke and mirrors offense, an offense that relied heavily on strange formations and trick plays and things of the sort. Well, you can expect some new trick plays coming in this season because uh, Cordero Patterson, the wide receiver slash return specialist, has reportedly been taking more snaps at running back than wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, that looks to be a big factor in the trick play game with them because there are also rumors, they have not been confirmed, but there are rumors that they are running trick plays in practice with Cordero Patterson at running back and Eddie Jackson the third, the safety at wide receiver. Um, That's very interesting. If there's any coach that can pull that off, it's Matt Nagy. But that's just really weird. I guess if you have quarterbacks of Nick Foles and Mr. Bisky, you're going to need some trick plays. But bringing the safety to play wide receiver and moving a wide receiver to play running back is is really, really strange. That is strange. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe he's trying to have a winning season. You can't blame him for that. But uh, that's another, like, if they'd really have a lot of success in that this year, it's hard to see them having that much success in that in the future, you know. All the trick yeah. plays, like we saw it with the Bears this year, they it kind of fell apart. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I don't expect Cordero Patterson to get a lot of snaps at running back it's just throughout an average game, as obviously they have David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen in that backfield. But who knows? So now we get into a very funny piece of news that is very strange to say the least. Um, a lot of you guys have probably heard this. Seattle Seahawks rookie uh, Kima Siverand, I believe I said that correctly, has been cut by the team. A rookie has been cut, which you don't see very often, for attempting to sneak a woman into the team hotel by dressing her up as a Seahawks player. Um, (laughs) That is the weirdest piece of news I've ever heard. He just dresses this woman up as a Seahawk and brings her to the team hotel and expects no one to notice. I saw (laughs) someone mentioned it to Titans head coach Mike Rabel. And his, his comment was like, well, I really hope she wasn't the size of a Seahawks football player or something, something like that. Um, yeah, I don't know how you're going to bring a woman in there not, and expect her to, unless she's like a six foot one, 220 pound woman, then uh, she's probably not going to look like a Seahawks player, no matter what you dress her up in. Yeah, that's, I, I saw that and that was, I found that so funny, but that just shows how serious the NFL is with their COVID regulations and stuff. They really want to have a season and they don't want to get it messed up by some yeah. strategies from these men. <laughs> I guess, I guess. Another thing that I, that I saw that was kind of funny, I didn't actually write this down for the news, but there was a, a Patriots rookie that retired from the NFL before he even played a snap in the NFL. Um, yeah. I, I didn't write that down. I don't really, I don't remember. I don't know the guy's name, but like how, what, what is the purpose of, retire retiring before you even play like is it even a retirement i guess he was just like he just said he was he like he's lost all love for the game or something which is kind of sad but he didn't even play a snap you know it's i don't care if you lost all love for the game you're 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 getting that new while playing football then do it yeah if you're making bank while playing football and you're that good at it that you're a professional player just play your contract out i don't get the money yeah i don't know like Maybe you'll try and go back to college or something, but you're not going to be able to like have a scholarship then. I don't know. It's yeah. just weird. I definitely would like 
try, even if I like stopped liking to play football anymore, I definitely was still trying to like play out my contract to some extent. Yeah, because maybe you like it or whatever. And you pick up a new liking for it again, or even if you don't, I mean, every lots and lots of people have jobs they don't like. And I'm not saying like it's a great thing to do a job that you hate, but like if you're making that much money for something that you know how to do and are very good at, you might want to take it up for at least a little bit of time. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Like, I think it was like a fourth round pick, so he wasn't like some absolute scrub of a player. And especially yeah. like with the Patriots, they they love those like late round guys. So yeah, and with all the opt outs they had, he might have actually got a chance to see the field. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you know, who knows about that one? But that's all the news we've got for today. So we hop into with that the AFC West bold predictions for each team. So who, who started last week? Was it you I, or me? I started, started last. last- you started last episode, so this episode I'll start it off. I'm going to start it off with the reigning NFL champion, Kansas City Chiefs, is where I'll start. So this is a player that I'm very high on to start with. I've mentioned him many times, and um, he had a bit of a down season in one particular statistical category. So my bold prediction officially, Chris Jones will boast double-digit sacks this year. Um a bit bold. You saw two seasons ago him putting up 15 and a half sacks as an interior defensive lineman. Is nuts. He had a down season with his sacks this season. We're not going to deny that, but I think that's something they can pick up. He got his new contract. He's got some confidence under his wings, and that defense was really soaring towards the end of the season. Um, that whole defense was just off to start the season. We, we can uh, attest to that, but as the season picked up, Chris Jones started playing better. Tyron Matthews started playing better, and that really made everyone around them start playing better. And that defense really picked off to be a top 10 unit towards the end of the season. A lot of underrated pieces there. You have Brashad Breland and, and even guys like Frank Clark to, a, to an extent. Um, Juan Thornhill. There's a lot of guys on that defense that, that look to make a big impact this year. And I think Chris Jones is going to be the man there on that on that Kansas City defense. Um, I don't think he's going to get very far in the playoffs, make another deep run. And I think Christian is going to be a big reason that I think he's their best defender. Not many people do, but I do. And I think he's going to prove that this season. Chris Jones, double digit sacks. I agree with that. Yeah. Top two defensive lineman just off of his big contract. So that's not <clears throat> too surprising. I do think that Tyron Matthew is probably better, but who knows really? That's very subjective. My first take here is if you listen to my predictions episode, you would have to know that the Chiefs will be back-to-back champions. Yeah, it's just, I I just think they were, like, so much better. Like, not defensively. I think that the Ravens have a better defense. But I don't think there's really much defense. Like, I, I just don't think they can shut down Mahomes. That's that's the whole thing. If you have Mahomes, you're going to be a threat as long as he is able, capable of playing the game of football. Um, <clears throat> so, that's pretty bold to say already, but... The better Las Vegas agree with me. I think they have the mm. highest odds right now. So, <laughs> Well, if you listen to that episode, you know that I disagree with that. Baltimore Ravens will win the Super Bowl this year. Because, well, while Kansas City does have better offense, I just don't think Kansas City has a good speedy linebacker that's quick enough and good enough to be able to keep up with Lamar Jackson. And in a quarterback spy scenario, I'm saying it now. Um um, and that's what I'm going with, and I don't think they have anyone to cover Mark Andrews. Um, but that's a conversation that we've already had before um, <laughs> many times, so you can get back and listen to those in multiple other episodes. <laughs> but I'm going to disagree with that one. Um, that's fair. My, okay. second, yeah, 
my, my second Kansas City Chiefs bold take is kind of bold, but like it's not like crazy to think of. Miko Hardman becomes the best return specialist in the NFL. I think right now we can confidently say that Cordero Patterson, the guy that we had mentioned before, was probably the best return specialist in the league. Um, I think that's hasn't really been debated for a few years, really since like the Devin Hester days. Cordero Patterson's probably been the best. He was the all-decade team um, take returner. But I think Miko Harmon is going to solidify himself as the best this year as a punt returner. He showed flashes this year, had a few touchdowns. He showed some flashes of elite speed and elusiveness when it comes to the return game. And I think he's going to be able to keep that up. I think that in a in a team that has receiver depth like that, they're not worried about Miko Hardman sustaining injuries or anything on the part return, and they're going to keep him there, which is why you see a lot of teams that have part returning receivers, like even a Pittsburgh Steelers when Antonio Brown was the, the part returner there, even though he's very good at it. Um, they weren't, he's so good as a receiver, and he's such a big part of that offense. They don't want to risk him getting injured on a, such a dangerous play like that. I think a team that has that receiver depth. That Miko Hardman is the third or fourth receiver on the depth chart. Um, he'll be he'll be able to do that with confidence. They'll be able to let him do that. He's going to keep that up both season, and he's going to prove it. he's going to get a couple touchdowns, two, three, four touchdowns in the in the bar turn game. There's not going to be question. Miko Hardman, best return specialist in the league after the season. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Unless Darius Taylor Bay decides to come out of retirement or something like, there's no way. <laughs> oh, that's a scary thought. Yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> There's he has the youth on his side, and he's definitely faster than Cordell Patterson at this point. So I don't see many other players really. Like I don't know the the full depth chart of wide receivers and and running backs for like every team in the NFL to see like you know maybe Kareth White. Like no, I don't think that's gonna happen. It's pretty likely that he will get the bulk of all of those. So he has full reign in the punt return game and kick return game. My um last bull take here is it's not super bold. And it's pretty obvious, but I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to have a really good year this year. Damian Harrison, I mean, not Damian, Damian Williams opted out of the season. So there's there's no real competition with him back there. They didn't re-sign Shady McCoy. So he has full reign behind a very good offensive line. Um, and he's probably locked in as my, my number two running back if he's there for me in fantasy. <laughs> so um, that's, my, that's my take there. I... I'm going to agree with it, obviously. Um, he's definitely going to be the man in the running back group this season. As their next best running back is probably Darwin Thompson, um, who is not on the level of Clyde Edwards earlier. Let's be real. Uh, he's he's going to have a good season. Obviously, we, we, we all know that. So I guess we move on with that to the Denver Broncos I'm going to skip to here. So this one is not super bold. Honestly, it might be true right now. It's close. But... um. Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson become the league's second-best safety duo. I don't think anyone's going to steal it from Harrison Smith and Anthony Harris. Um, but I think Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson are already a very solid duo. I think Justin Simmons is one of the bright young players in our league coming up, and I think he's already a top-10 safety. I think I had him at 7 or so. I think it was 7 where, where I had him. And Kareem Jackson, though, he's a little bit older. Um, it's still a very productive safety. I believe he might have made my honorable mentions for top 10 safeties. He's still a beast. Kareem Jackson, I believe, is like one of the highest graded red zone defenders in the league and like one of the highest graded fourth quarter defenders. And like he's a clutch time type of player, as a lot of people don't know there. Justin Simmons is just one of the one of the best safeties in the league already at such a young age, only in his third or fourth season in the league. 
And I think next season, Justin Simmons solidifies himself as possibly a top five safety, and Kareem Jackson proves his worth there to be one of the better safeties in this league. And they are solidified as a top two, if not number one, number two. I don't think anybody's taken it from from the the star-studded duo there on the Minnesota Vikings, but I think they've got the number two spot on lockdown after this season. <clears throat> well, I, when you mentioned that, I was trying to think of all the safety duos, and I'm going to have to agree with you again for my third, the third straight take here. Um, so this is like 12 straight takes between the two episodes, because I didn't last episode. I agree with almost all of your takes. <clears throat> That's a good, that's I like that take. Uh, yeah. There are some other guys like, you know, the McCourty brothers or maybe Devin McCourty and Kyle Duggar, Jamal Adams and Quandry Diggs. They're, you know, Tyron Matthew and Juan Thornhill. There are other yeah. guys that could take it. But Jabril Peppers and Xavier McKinney, look out for them. But I'm giving it to Justin Simmons and Green Jackson, number two. Yeah, specifically the Patriots came to mind. So that's really close. But I guess I'll have to agree with that just out of just out of uh, agreement. I don't know. <laughs> Going yeah, going on here to my first pick for the Broncos is something it's pretty pretty wide wide known here. But I think that Drew Locke is going to have a breakout year where he's gonna he's gonna play really well. I didn't know like I almost put said Drew Locke will solidify himself as a top ten quarterback by the end of this year, but that like I don't really agree with that. So it's hard you know, that's that'd be a, a humongous improvement. But I think he's gonna have his breakout year. He's got Tons of new targets, wide receivers added through the draft. No fan, <clears throat> um, added from the draft last year, and a, a, a good defense that they've really um, improved on through free agency in the draft this year. But like you said, maybe the, the second best safety duo in the league. So there's not really like he is. He's put in a very good situation, um, and he throwed. Show, he showed. He has shown many flashes last year. He, um, yeah. They went on the, a pretty good win streak at the end after they benched Joe Flacco. So, mm-hmm. so I'm going to agree with that one. That's something that I've debated in my head um, a lot. Drew Locke's production. Drew Locke's production, I'm sorry. Um, because he had a great last season. But it's like, in my head, my original thought was like, it's so hard for me to conceptualize like third-round quarterbacks being like that good. Because as long as I've been watching football, it's like only the first-round quarterbacks take off. But then you you have to take a look at things like Russell Wilson was like a third rounder. Kirk Cousins was a second rounder. You know, there are guys that, that take off in the second or third rounds. Obviously, Tom Brady is the easy selection there as a sixth round quarterback. But um, I'm going to agree there. I think the weapons around Drew Locke are so good that he doesn't have to have the arm of Patrick Mahomes or the accuracy of Drew Brees or the IQ of Russell Wilson to be a good quarterback. Um, he will be a solid starting quarterback at the end of this. He will be probably a top 10 quarterback or not top 10, but like a top 15 quarterback or something of that sort. I would say after the season, um, Drew Locke moving forward is a solid starter. And I, I'm going to agree with that one. So my, my other top 10 or not top 10, my mother bowl prediction for Denver is something that I've seen pick up a little bit of steam semi recently. Um, tight end Noah Fant will solidify himself as a top 10 tight end in the league. Um, I think Noah Fant showed extreme promise last year, especially down the stretch when Denver started winning all those games with Drew Locke. Drew Locke showed to have some extreme chemistry with Noah Fant. Him and TJ Hawkinson were the two tight ends selected in the first round last season. I think they both have tremendous upside, but I see Noah Fant taking off just a little bit before TJ Hawkinson. I think he's going to solidify, solidify himself to be one of the best young tight ends in the league, one of the best overall tight ends in the league moving forward. 
you're going to get to a point where I think Noah Fant's a top five tight end easily. Next season, Noah Fant, top ten in my book. I'm going to have to disagree with you on that one for the first disagreement in a little while. Um, it's 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 hard. I think I, I do like the the take. I think that's that wouldn't be a crazy thing to happen. Like that's I feel that's that's pretty like pretty likely. Um, but there's just a lot of up and coming guys. Um, like Evan Ingram, you know, players like that. And it's hard to like tight end. It's I don't know how much age is gonna like affect them. How much the top ten is gonna change over the next year. Um, but I think the promise is there. And it yeah, it could very well happen. But maybe two years. <clears throat> Pardon me. Maybe just a little bit longer. But he's certainly a good player. Yeah, yeah. I I just like no fan a little bit more. But <laughs> whatever, whatever. I feel like TJ Hawkinson might have a better year next year, but who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe. But I guess you're up with your final Denver Broncos take. You are right, all right. I am. You were kind of sitting around there, I guess. Stupid me. Um, here's probably my one of my more interesting takes of the episode so far, is that Melvin Gordon will be like a free agent bust or whatever you want. bust free agent signing, whatever you want to call him. I don't know. He he didn't have he didn't have a good year with the Chargers, and their offensive line wasn't great. But um, it, I just don't see him having a good year. That he's he's got to compete with Philip Lindsay's. He had to com- you know he had to go against Austin Eckler with the Chargers, and it's just. It's hard to see him really having a humongous impact there, you know. And I, I yeah. think I think it's probably another Le'Veon Bell signing where it won't be bad. He'll definitely get his snaps, but mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. where I'm coming from there. So that's the one. That's another one I'm gonna have to disagree with on that one. Um, I I don't think Melvin Gordon is gonna have an amazing statistical season like he had been the past few years. But I think that the presence of Melvin Gordon and just knowing that you have a number two running back that is like a Pro Bowl caliber guy is something that is just going to help Drew Locke tremendously. And that offense, knowing that their offensive line is going to be greatly improved this year, and they have two capable starting running backs, um, two star potential wide receivers, and another one with very good potential, a tight end that I believe is going to be top 10, and then a defense that looks very underrated at this point. I think it's just... He's still going to be a very good receiver from a, like a yards per carry standpoint. I think that's going to improve greatly next season. But you know, we'll see there. We'll see there. So I'll move into the Los Angeles Chargers next. To where one, to one, we we see guys like Tua and Joe Burrow that we know at some point during their rookie season are going to start, right? So my my first prediction: Justin Herbert, the quarterback, will not start a game this season. That that is my prediction. <laughs> So by by the look of it, I can tell where you're what you're gonna agree or disagree with. <laughs> Justin Herbert, they drafted Justin Herbert as a project guy. We all knew that coming into it. And Tyrod Taylor's a starter. So you look at it, you say Tyrod Taylor's a placeholder, you know, he's gonna by like midseason, you can see Justin Herbert starting. As you look at that and that's what you think. But I think Tyrod Taylor is we've both mentioned how how we feel about Tyrod Taylor. I feel Tyrod is a very underrated player. Very capable starter everywhere he's been. And I don't think that's going to stop now. I think he's going to get all, all of his games. And now, if Tyron Taylor happens to get injured, which I wouldn't wish upon him, obviously, then I think Justin Herbert starts. I don't think they go out of their way like that to say, we don't want Justin Herbert to play the season. Start what's-his-face, the third stringer. Mm-hmm. Barring injury, I think Justin Herbert stays on the bench this season, I think, which is what I like in quarterback. I I like it when, you know, quarterback, especially the project quarterbacks, get 
a year or two to be able to learn behind some solid veteran guys. That's what I want to see in Justin Herbert. I don't want to see him on the field this year. I want to see him be able to take at least this year to to learn from some solid veteran guys and to fix some of the mistakes he was making in college. So I don't think Justin Herbert is going to start this season. Well, for the first time in our full series here, we have the same, like pretty much the same exact take here to begin with. My What I officially wrote down here was that Tyra Taylor will start all 16 games this year. So essentially, <laughs> the, um, yeah. I, yeah, it's just he's he's still too raw. Him and Jordan Love are just too raw to to be starters at all this year. I mean, of course, Jordan Love wouldn't start over Aaron Rodgers, but the possibility for someone to start over Tyra Taylor isn't that crazy. Um, just because he's not a star and he hasn't played in a couple of years, like maybe something crazy happens. But yeah, I don't think he's ready yet. Justin Herbert definitely has a promising future, a great arm, um, but <clears throat> not this year. He's not going to be able to show it off. Yeah, I agree there, obviously. Um <laughs> So this is when we might be two for two on agreeing with one. This, this is a prediction that a lot of people have made. Okay, you, you said you're saying that, so I'm assuming your prediction may be a little out in left field. <laughs> uh, my prediction, my prediction here: the Chargers have a top five defense in the league next season. Um, from a personnel standpoint, they're definitely top five easily. Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, Casey Edwards, Chris, Car- Chris Harris, Desmond King, Derwin James, bringing Kenneth Murray, Linval Joseph. They have. Like that's a star-studded, a star-studded defense. The question for them is, how will the new guys of Kenneth Murray, Chris Harris, kind of adapt to the to the surroundings of the remaining pieces that are already there? Because the Chargers already have a great defense. Every season they do. Casey Hayward's been a lockdown quarterback for years. Desmond King's a solid young guy. Derwin James in the season he played was an absolute monster. And obviously we all know the situations with Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa there on that defensive line. Um, that's a star-studded defense, and I think they're going to be able to put it together. Chris Harris Jr. just seems like a guy that can really flourish in any situation he's put in. And Kenneth Murray, the rookie, was someone that may not have the talent of the rest of the first-round pick linebackers, but he's someone that has an amazing story, and he has a heart like no other. So I think he's going to be able to adapt very well. He's a very smart football player. is one of the main reasons that they brought that he was picked in the first round. Um, so I think they're going to be a top-five defense. From a personal standpoint, they are, and I think they're going to put it all together. So um, it's pretty close. We're all we're really close to being um, two for two here with the Chargers. But my take is that Joey Bosa will be a, a solidified top five defensive end by the end of this year. So just one player, not the whole defense. Um, he he obviously signed his humongous deal this year, and he's a guy. If he can, I'm if the injuries stay away from him, he's had a little bit of injury issues with his career. Hopefully, those can go. If I think they will. Um, he's probably top three, maybe in like actual like skill, maybe um, mm-hmm. you know, like like form and his like swim moves and stuff. You know, but you I see like NFL Instagram posts and stuff. He's a he's a very talented player. Hopefully, he can put it all together without without the injuries this year. Um, I'm looking to him have a really good year. Yeah, not as good as, um, as long as oh, oh yeah. I. Uh, I'll agree there. I think a healthy Joey Bosa is a top five defensive end. The problem is getting a healthy Joey Bosa on the field. So I, I like that take there. So the last team we have here, the Las Vegas Raiders. I always struggle. I always say Oakland still. But the Las Vegas Raiders. So my first one is a little less bold here. The Raiders boast a top five offensive line this season. Uh, their offensive line has some pieces to say the least. Um, 
obviously everyone knows Rodney Hudson. They they have Richie Incognito, um, those are Trent Brown, Colton Miller. That that offensive line is is star studded. You know what I mean? Those are all very competent offensive line and willing. They would be starters on basically every team in the league. Um, most of those guys. So, so there's that's a beastly offensive line from a personnel standpoint. They've had about a year in the system with each other, and they proved to be a very good offensive line last season. But I think they're going to put it together and be one of the best offensive lines in football. You see offensive lines like New Orleans and Philadelphia and Indianapolis up there. And I think that the Las Vegas Raiders are going to have an offensive line that sits right at the top amongst those guys. Oh, that's the moment you said that I started thinking about it. Um, It's hard to put them top five. But then when I thought about the top five offensive lines, they were, I thought they came in like right at five with the the New Orleans Saints, um, the Colts, the Steelers and the Eagles right up there. Um, So I don't like I'm not a big offensive line guy, but I think I'm going to have to agree with that there. Um, So I think that my Raiders were my favorite takes. I like them a lot. Um, and my first t- take here is that Derek Carr will be benched by the end of the season for Mr. Marcus Mariota. And it's just, Derek Carr is good, but it's just like the mindset of the Raiders that they're always looking for the bigger and better player. And if Derek Carr has some struggles, maybe they aren't winning a lot, I think they're going to put Marcus Mariota right in. There have been talks from training camp and stuff about how, you know, Coach Gruden is like, I really like this guy. You know, he's working hard. <laughs> Um, so I could, I could see them maybe just shipping them right in there if there's a little bit of issues or whatever. <laughs> now, if, if um, Marriott is good or not, that's hard to tell, but that is yeah. my, that's my. So Joe can see my face throughout this take. Um, for the second time in the series, we have the same take. <laughs> well, oh, really? my, sec- my second take, Derek Carr at some point during the season gets benched for Marcus Mariota. Um, so obviously I agree with what you just said. Like you said, it's the culture in Las Vegas. They don't really stay through with guys. And every single season, like you mentioned, they see you see Gruden talking about these quarterbacks that he really likes. Last year, Nathan Peterman, he really liked. He's talked about Lord knows who else. I don't even remember. Like Mike Lennon, I believe, at some point. And he's talked about Marcus Mariota this year. He's a hard worker. He's a very good kid. Um, Mariota's still a good quarterback. He's not like a top 10 or anything, but he's a quality quarterback. You know, you're, you can win games with Marcus Mariota in the right system. And I think that's a system that can benefit from having Marcus Mariota. Not the Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr's a good quarterback, but I don't think. He's utilized, though. I don't think John Gruden's that good of a coach. And I don't think Las Vegas is that good of an organization. And I think, I mean, after, like, 1970, they haven't been that good of an organization. Like, the the 80s were good for them. But, like, the 2000s, 2010s, they've not been that good of an organization. 2010s, I think they only had that one winning season. Um, Derek Carr's a starting quarterback on an NFL team. I just don't know that that's Vegas. I don't know if that's the right place for, for Carr, despite the one amazing season that he had there. I just don't see it. I don't see it. I think he'll get benched. Now, do I think – I'm back and forth. I think that he'll get benched for a few games, but I honestly think he'll come back. I think that he'll get benched, and then Mariota won't be as good as everyone thinks. And then whoop, Derek Carr's back. Marcus Mariota's back up. You know, that, that's where he belongs. Um, I don't think he stays benched the whole season, but I think at some point he's getting benched. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, obviously agree with it. We just had the same take. Um, but if even if it comes down to just that – Mariota is a athletic specimen of a man. You know, he's he's fast. He's got the the qualities there. So hopefully, um, you know, that's kind of what what they like there in Oakland. They like the athletic. Team. But going in here to next spot, two takes about the offense here. 
I think that Josh Jacobs will be a solidified top five running back by the end of the year here. He had a good year last year. Had a little bit of injury issues with his, I think it was his groin. Um, and he had, he really had really good. He, he, I had him on my fantasy team. I mentioned a couple times. He always had like 17 points. He like him and Austin Eckler really carried the team this year. Um, <clears throat> considered I, I drafted Le'Veon Bell with the first round pick. <laughs> anyway, um, so that's, that's where I'm going with that. I think he's, he was really consistent through his, his rookie year. And yeah, with the offensive line, it's gotten better this year. I can't really see him getting much worse. He was already top 10 running back, I think, on my list. So it's hard to put him like anywhere other than top five. So I haven't thought about this one ever, but I'm going to agree. I'm going to agree. I think he slides in at the number five spot for me next season. I think the guy that falls out of it for me is Derrick Henry. So I, I love Derrick Henry. I still really like he was my favorite college player when he was there in Alabama. But I think he slides out. Just obviously we've been over this before. That's the amount of touches that he gets and the way that he gets them. Takes a big toll on a player's body. And historically, those those not things that are going to keep up like that. But, um, yeah, I, I, I agree, Jacob. Probably slides into the top five. Um, he proves he's extremely talented. He was also, I think he was number nine in my top ten, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. But um, I, I do like that pick. So there we have our bold predictions there for every team in the AFC West. Chiefs, Broncos, Chargers, and Raiders. Some of them more bold than others. We had a few repeat takes this year, or this this episode, I'm sorry, that two two takes that we had the same ones. It was bound to happen at some point. Hopefully, it doesn't keep on happening because that's kind of lame. But who knows? Who knows there? Good takes. Good takes. I, I like most of them. Yeah. I, we usually agree with most of, each, most of each other's takes, to be fair. Um, we tend to just give some good reasoning. And then whether I agree with it or disagree with it, after I hear the reasoning, a lot of times I'm just like, oh, I like it. You know, yeah. like my gut, my gut with the Josh Jacobs thing was to be like, mm, probably not. But then, you know, I hear the reasoning. I think about it in my brain a little bit more. And it's like, you know, maybe I'll sign him into the top five next year. Yeah, maybe. One, one surprise. It was fine. Ooh, honestly, though, Nick Chubb, though. Oh, uh, that's hard to, to see there. Hmm. Yeah. Jacobs might make my sixth spot. I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah. think, I think I'm keeping McCaffrey, Saquon. Zeke and Dalvin Cook in my top four. But it's like, Josh Jacobs or Nick Chubb for top five? I might have to give it to Chubb. Uh, uh, I don't know. I didn't, I I didn't have, I don't know. I, when I was thinking of my top five running backs, I did not have Cook top five. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have to go top five. I have Cook top five. He had a good year this year, but it's he's so injury prone. And it's like, he needs to put on some weight. <laughs> I'd Cook at number four. Or five, no, five. I'd, five. I'd pick at five this year. I, but, I think I I probably had him around there. He had a really good year this year, so you can't. Yeah. Up through week, through like week, like seven or eight, Cook was probably number one. Was yeah, like probably. Christian McCaffrey up until like He's so whatever fast. week that was. Look at the beast. How long Dalvin Cook is? I just wish, you know, he'd be able to say because I don't think he's like crazy injury prone. I feel like a lot of the injuries that he gets was like a one freak injury, and then like other injuries that stuff. I was watching this thing, and it was like a doctor goes through like. It had like was asked that question on if if Dalvin Cook was actually injury prone. And he said no. It was like he has this one injury, like kind of freak injury, and then a lot of injuries that stem off of this. And he mentioned that a lot of players have this injury, just a little like less severely. He said like probably thirty percent of the league has that injury that he came down with. 
to some extent, just like less severe that wasn't holding them out of games. And, you know, someone like when you're an offensive lineman and you don't, or like a wide receiver, someone that doesn't get nailed going through the hole, like every single time they get the ball, it's easier to deal with an injury like that. And you don't really miss as many games and you're not as worried about stuff like that. But, you know, obviously, who knows? Um, he, you say he's, you can say he's injury prone, and I'm not going to argue with you. Uh, he has, he, he's been out of the field for, for many, many games since coming into his career with Minnesota from, from Florida State a few years back. But who knows what to have. I, I love Dalvin Cook. He's one of my favorite running backs. He might make my number two spot. I think Saquon's my, kind of locked at my number one. Dalvin Cook might make my number two. Dalvin Cook is super fun to watch. He's so fast. He's an elusive. He's he's a very fun player to watch. And it's it's hard to tell you know, players like him that he always gets the the injury brug. But mm-hmm. you know that was that's people always kind of associate him with that. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I don't like anybody getting the injury bug. You know, injuries are never good. It was sad for me this year watching the NBA when Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson are two guys that I love watching and. They're both injured for the season. Kyrie Irving is another player, like one of the most fun players to watch of all time. He's injured for most of the season. But, you know, we, we just hope they can come back. Yeah, the, the playoffs started today, speaking of the NBA. Um, we got our first playoff action. Um, luckily, the Blazers made the playoffs. We, sadly, Phoenix went 8-0. I love Booker, Devin Booker on Phoenix. They went 8-0, but sadly, they didn't make the playoffs. But I do love Dane more than I love Booker. I love Dane more than every player in this league besides one. I, I, um, Dame Miller is such a beast. Portland is such a funny, fun team to watch. Um, so we, ho- I hope Portland can make a run at that at, at beating the Lakers in round one. Is it realistic? Who knows? There's been a lot of national media covering that, thinking that Portland could actually steal the series because of the, the Avery Bradley opt-out and the Rajon Rondo injury that the Lakers aren't really going to have anyone in that perimeter that are in the backcourt that are going to be able to guard Dame and CJ on the perimeter. And to an extent, I believe that. But I believe also that Lakers are a lot more talented of a team to where it's not going to matter. I really hope Dame's going to be able to do it. I'm going to be watching that whole series. You best believe that. Um, so who knows? Who knows? That's that's the most interesting series. Or that is as well as the... Um, Indiana and Miami series is another very interesting one. And Boston versus Philadelphia is very interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> or maybe the Miami Heat versus the Pacers. <laughs> no. Yeah. That's, they had they played again, and I was hoping to see some Jimmy Butler and TJ Warren action, but they were both injured, so it didn't really matter. <laughs> I'm ready to get they play tomorrow, right? If I'm not yep. mistaken. Their first game is tomorrow. Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna be into some NBA tomorrow because I don't think I got anything to do. And they got playoff games all day. And all of the games are usually on TNT during playoffs. They're all prime time. I can watch all games that I want without having to go on, without having to get watch it on my phone. I can watch it on the TV, the big screen, fun stuff. Well, I was annoyed because, like I mentioned, I was camping over the weekend. And there's not great cell service where I or where we camp in our property down there. So um, I use a website usually that's just streams like every NBA game. And that's what I used to watch it. And then you can like just get whatever broadcast you want. But I didn't have enough service. So I what I ended up watching was like the Phoenix games and the Portland games on the NBA app because they were prime time. So it let me watch them. But the problem is 
the only views they have were views that were attached to one backboard, views that were attached to the other backboard, and then two, one view that just locked onto one player on one team, and then a view that locked onto one player on the other team. Or you could, what I ended up watching was what's called mosaic view, where it's just all four of those cameras in one. So it's very awkward to watch a game where it's not like a normal game, and it's either like close up on Devin Booker or close up on Damian Lillard. And that's all you see, even when they don't have the ball. Or I just like watched whatever basket camera that they were all on. So, but it was such a pain, tell you that. Yeah, I was. I watched some Pacers game on. I think it was Saturday or the last time they played. I watched that game. That was an intriguing game, but they won. So, <laughs> I'm pretty even without TJ Warren. So, I must admit, I must admit, as much as it may pain you. I do want Miami to win the series. <laughs> You're in love with Jimmy Butler. That's why. Jimmy G. Buckets. Those are my top three. Zach Levine is at number one. And then my number two and number three spot is very close between Jimmy Butler and Damian Lillard. Call me a bandwagon. Everyone's, I've been called a bandwagon a lot recently for my Damian Lillard love. But if you know me and, you, and, you, and you're one of my friends, you know that Damian Lillard has been my favorite point guard in the league for, for years. No bandwagons here. And I'm a Chicago fan, obviously. You know why I love Jimmy G Buckets. Um, you know, I have my allegiances to guys. <laughs> I had no idea he was so short, though. I like, I had no idea he was. He's not. Yeah, humongous. Dame's like Dame's like six two or six three. Yeah, I was talking about about Jimmy Butler, but Jimmy's hmm. like Jimmy's like six six. Really? He he looks so short. Oh no, he might be six eight. What? <laughs> Jimmy's not small. Jimmy Butler is that is that tall? You can look it up. Jimmy Butler's not that short. I'm. I. That's great. He. You think he's six eight? He's somewhere in the realm of six six to six eight. If that's true, he looks so short. Did you wait? <laughs> and what was it? Did you look at it yet? I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, yeah. But, it's somewhere in that ballpark. I'm telling you that. Um, incredibly hard to type at this angle. Just uh, having some struggles typing with <laughs> with his phone set up on the trackpad. <laughs> Jimmy. Butler. Jimmy G Buckets. I'm telling you, he's seven. How? Yeah, I was gonna say he's tall. I guess he is, but like, he looks short. I when I was watching it, I don't know. It's weird. How tall yeah, is he, TJ? He, TJ Warren's TJ probably Warren. about the same. I think TJ Warren's six six. I want to say. You standing beside TJ Warren? He looked like a midget. Oh, maybe TJ Warren is really tall. I can. I'll search that one up real quick. But I don't know. Jimmy's not small. TJ Warren is six eight. Uh, that's only an inch, so then. One inch taller. It was weird, though, because Jimmy in, in Chicago, when I would watch him mainly, ran shooting guard. So he was a six foot seven shooting guard, which is very tall for a shooting guard, to say the least. Mm-hmm. But now, obviously, he runs he runs small forward most of the time in Miami, and that is about average height for a small forward. So Yeah. I had no idea LeBron was so tall, either. LeBron is, yes, yeah, 6'9". LeBron is 6'8". Oh, he's 6'9". I know they reclassified the heights this year and, like, made every player, like, give accurate descriptions of all of their heights now. So, like, every every height, every height, like, changed on me this year. Yeah. I know, because I, because I was, we, me and my dad were watching some hockey and we were looking up information about the hockey draft and the projected first overall pick this year. He's like 18 or yeah, he's 18 or 17. Like he's really young. And then I was, I wondered how um, old LeBron was when he was drafted. And then I saw pictures of him and he looked like really tall. Like when I watched him on TV, he never seems that tall. So I looked up how tall he was and he was 6'9. And I was in amazement because I thought he was yeah. like 6'5. 
When you're six nine, watching high school clips or something, like obviously you're going to be taller than everyone in that yeah. building. But in the NBA, six nine, you're not the tallest guy on the court most of the time. Or like Michael Jordan, I don't think Michael Jordan wasn't huge either. Michael Jordan was six six. I know yeah. that one because he was I a can, shooting guard. He was I about can. and maybe a little bit oversized, but like overall, he's pretty average for shooting guard. Uh, I could be six six. There's a chance, but probably not. There's a zero chance I'm going to be six six. I'm five seven right now. You're going to grow a foot. There's not even a real chance that I'm going to be six foot. But I mean, yeah, I'm. I want. I'm, I'm, yeah, when I was little, the doctor said I could be six four. Um, so six six is taller than I projected to be, but it's not. Um, I don't know what the doctor said I was going. Everyone like knows that, but I don't know what the doctor said I was going to be. I'm probably not going to get much taller though. I'll probably be like five eight, five nine. That's not bad. In reality, I don't know. I think I drink a lot of milk. And they put a lot of like growth hormones in milk now. I guess. So I wonder if well, that's I drink why. a lot of milk. Believe that, but yeah, it's not affecting me. <laughs> uh, shoot. Well, that's rough. <laughs> I don't know. My my dad is. I'm like my dad says he's, I'm he, I'm taller than he is now, but I'm not really sure if that. And my mom is is above average height for a, a woman. So my mom is below like, average height. <laughs> She's like well below. She's like five three and a half. I my dad's like, like five nine, so I don't have great height genes there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no one on my mom's side is really that tall, but I guess people on my dad's side. My mom's got a few people, like my my cousin on her side. I have a few like six foot cousins on her side, and her dad's six foot. But I did not inherit the same genes they did, apparently. Yeah, I think Steph Curry isn't that really that tall. Is he even six foot? I don't yeah, think yeah he's six foot. He's like six three, something like that. He looks like a yeah. He looks. So short on there. Play just ahead. about every player is six foot. There's like less. There's like five or less players that aren't six foot. I thought they'd be like five eleven. I didn't really know that. It's like sure that. Isaiah Thomas, Jordan McLaughlin, JJ Barea. Like there are not many guys that are like that small. Yeah, but you know, I about basketball. I can like, and that's the thing. Everyone on the on the basketball court is like huge. They're always like. So yeah, the average height. I think the average height is like six seven. And I think I saw that somewhere. I'm not, um, I don't know. If, like, yeah, if you're six seven and there's someone beside you that's six one, like, of course you're gonna look really short. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it is interesting. I've went to one NBA game in my lifetime this past year, and um, that's like something that got me. It was like just the height difference of like them versus everyone else. It's like just like the shooting guards and like the we had gone out to the Bulls game. One of our point guards is six foot seven, and it's like, oh geez, he's a point guard, and he's like twice my height. It seems like. Yeah, there's someone in my grade um, who uh, who I've known for a little, a pretty long time. He's um, he's six seven. Yeah, there's someone had... in my grade that's like he's like six eight or six nine right now. He's a mm-hmm. tall kid, tall kid to say the very least. Yeah, my friend plays basketball and he plays on the offensive line for the football team. But his uh-huh. his ballgame is not exactly um, well set out for a basketball player. <laughs> he's he's a good off yeah he, he's a, the right body type for an offensive lineman. But basketball yeah. is, is rough. I, I feel where you're going with that. <laughs> like I I'm closer to touching the rim than he is, and he has seven inches on <laughs> like six or seven can inches. He, on. Can he touch a rim on ten foot? It's really close. I almost can hit the ball. Like, if I'm holding the ball, the ball hits off the rim. But, like, if I just jump with my hands, I can't touch the rim. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm not close. I can dunk on – I can – I'm, like, kind of close. I can 
I was at the rec today, like I mentioned, playing basketball. I can consistently dunk on nine foot. I can like sometimes dunk on nine five on a good day, mm-hmm. but it's not consistent. So I'm I'm probably like I can maybe almost touch the rim with a ball. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, you know, like I don't um it wouldn't be consistent to any sort. Like maybe on a really good day I could like once or twice touch the rim with the ball. Yeah. It's I that's something like I always wanted to be able to dunk, but I just don't play enough like there's no real rec center around where I live. Like there's some mm-hmm. courts, but there's almost never anyone like actually playing there. Cause I live in the most lame neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. They, we, they put that in the rec center on my town, like two or th- like three years ago or now about. And last season was when I really started like getting into going there and we get a squad of like my, my close buddies and we'd head down like two or three times a week to go down and play some pickup basketball really fun times but i don't know how that's going to work out this year because we would just ride the bus there and now we're not even all in school at the same time so like you know we'll we'll find some time to go at some point but it'll be definitely a lot tougher than it was last year yeah i'm interested to see i know there's there's a meeting for the the pennsylvania um, high school sports section they're meeting this friday make an actual decision if there's gonna be fall sports or not so i hope there is um but it's hard to tell. Yeah, they'll definitely stink if there weren't. But as an upside, it'll be easier to get my gang together to play some pickup basketball. <laughs> yeah, that's. I'm definitely gonna keep active though, because there's still be a chance they'll be tracked. So yeah, who knows? Yeah, the way I see it, it's like with that, like if you can go to school, for one, if you can go to school with people, why can't you play sports? Like if you can, it's like if you can go to school with these people, and like obviously you can't stay socially distanced all the time why can't you like go play sports with those same people yeah i guess i guess the governor of pennsylvania is more worried about like people going for, like across county lines on like these school buses and i guess it's just it's still we especially for like football is super high contact like if someone on one yeah. team has it and like the people on the other team is if they're especially if they're a starter like you're definitely going to get it but for like, like basketball is like significantly less contact but there's still some contact but like you're saying, oh, like, there's like, a, I would be baseball. more worried about basketball to, to be honest, because it's like there's a lot of contact in basketball, and it's all like straight contact and like a lot of like breathing on the on the guys and like sweating on people, and it's not like pads and stuff. But like like you mentioned, contact sports like football and basketball, I can understand having some worry there, and even soccer to an extent. But like track, cross country, tennis, swimming, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Do we really need to be worried about COVID being spread during these events where you can very easily socially distance and the events themselves are already basically socially distanced? Yeah, like, there's no contact in cross country. Yet. I've never yeah, ran golf. A, yeah, like, golf is already socially distanced. <laughs> yeah, really. It's it's weird, but I really hope they will have it um, because like well, yeah, but I'm already going to be in school, so it's really. Yeah. Every other day, I wish we. I wish I was in school. There's, there's like Seneca Valley. Uh, like I know that's not really around where you live, but you've probably still heard of, of Seneca Valley. Yeah, it's a humongous high school, and they go. They're gonna be in school five days a week, and the school where I go to is ten times less the size of Seneca Valley, and I have to be there every other day. I know we compared school size at one point. I don't remember. We're, we were relatively close to the same. My school was like our our capacity, like max, is like six hundred people. And we don't have really close to that. Yeah. And we're going like group one or group A will go Monday, Tuesday. Nobody goes Wednesday. 
and then Group B goes Thursday and Friday. So I, I, I go Thursday and Friday. Sadly, I'd rather go Monday and Tuesday, but it's whatever. But you know, two days a week. I got I don't actually know if I'm going to have live online classes or just like work that's posted. I'm not sure, but I got my school Chromebook, like I mentioned. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be having some sort of online work, definitely. I guess as far as I know, our school is just um like it's it's gonna be like five. It's gonna like you're just gonna have to watch the school, and if you're not in the school, then you're just gonna have to like send zoom messages to the teacher to ask questions or whatever like yeah like you know it's it's gonna be like you're in school every single day but you know actually in school every single day you're just sitting at a computer every other day yeah that's what i don't like because it's like if i have to like i would much rather be in school than having to sit at home for seven hours yeah because you know, like if you have to be there for the same amount of time i'd much rather be in person with like my friends you know than just sitting on my computer desk alone. Yeah. I guess our school is going to, like, you're going to be able to rewatch them. So that's kind of nice. But there's no way I'm going to be able to do that. Like, just because I feel like my parents are going to want me to be, like, very invested in asking questions and stuff. Like, just like I'd be yeah. an actual, which is not a bad thing to have. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's definitely on my parents are going to be as well, which is, it's a good thing academically to, like, be asking questions and be actively involved in the class. But, when you're working from home, it's not exactly what you have in mind. Yeah. Despite, like, I've, I've probably said this. There was a lot of, of online school I did not get done. And th- there was no repercussions for it, which is nice. But there's definitely going to be repercussions for not getting my school work done this year. Yeah. So. Yeah. I got all my work done this year. And I was I was usually the plug for, for everyone else to get their work done this year. Um, that's probably were- not going to change, to be honest. I've got a, a few people that... I'm still gonna have to give them a lot of work. Let's be let's be honest. Um, yeah, like all of the schoolwork was supposed to be due on like one day, so like you could just catch it up before. I think it was like June second or whatever. Um, and I I would just look at my Snapchat stories, and there was like six people that would like just took pictures of assignments and was like, I need this. Like just on Google Classroom, they're like, please send me the answers to these. <laughs> like like twenty assignments. Yeah. There were a few classes that I had that it was. It was mainly my honors world cultures class. It was like we would post our answers to these questions in the comment section of this post so anyone could see everyone else's answers. <laughs> so really what would happen was two people would do it and then everyone else would just give like some sort of mix between the two. <laughs> it's like if one person gave like one answer and one person gave a different answer everyone else's answer would be like some mix of the two or they would just pick one side yeah yeah but i would i didn't do anything i didn't if i would have asked people for answers i could have got all my homework done but i'm not about that <laughs> good man good man so if you're if you're still here an hour and seven minutes in i'm getting a little bit tired and expect i don't know when to expect any setup but sooner than later i would think since we've got stuff decided did you get that article i sent you um about like the sensitivity of the microphone so i may have not sent that to you actually i, uh, I saw it yeah i didn't get it i haven't read it yet though you don't have to read it i don't know um because that's a lot of that's a big complaint i've seen from a lot of the the lower end of microphones because our our budget is is relatively low um <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. and that's like another big complaint is that you can hear like everything in the background no matter what <clears throat> and pardon me <clears throat> yeah so i guess you can change the settings and stuff and you can turn down the sensitivity so uh, hopefully we can get the settings all worked out so that we actually sound nice and you don't hear like 
the air conditioning in the background or something like that, you know, like I have central, mm-hmm. air yes, central air conditioning too, but it's, it's getting worked on. <laughs> yeah. I'll probably, I might try to stop at Best Buy or something and just look at the variety of different microphones they have and see which one is the best bang for your buck per se. So, yeah, I, I feel like we should probably just get the same one so that like if you, yeah, if you see at the store and you find one cheap, that looks good quality. You might as well just buy it and you can just send me a picture of it and I'll just try and go to the same store and get the same one. Yeah. Good. For me, I, I might just buy it on Amazon. Also, I don't know. I don't know either, really. It's for yeah. sure an easier option, to say the least. Yeah. Especially with, with all the, the stuff going on. Like, the stores are closed. Get close so early and stuff. So, it's... Yeah, like, it's I a guess, lot easier to do research on, like, microphones when you're buying them online. Yeah. But I've, like... We can't like yeah, cause I um we saw we found a, like a really nice microphone, but it was like hundred thirty dollars. But it would take like five years to be able to buy that microphone. So <laughs> yeah, see, I could go buy a hundred dollar microphone right now, but I'm not gonna do that because I'm a kid. <laughs> I uh, my budget is around forty dollars, so I made some money. Um, the neighbors, I mentioned that to you. I don't know if it was on the show. Some nice, I did some something for the neighbors, and they were super nice about it. So I, I made some money there. And I help my dad with stuff sometimes, so he'll pay me for that. <laughs> there you go, there you go. Yeah, I'm, I'm about at that at that same budget. But you know, there's one that's a little over, but it's has some very good reviews. I'd look into it. No I questions mean, yeah, asked there. Dollars right on the dot. Like I probably have closer to sixty dollars if I was really just going to spend every single dollar I had. <laughs> I have a good. I have probably like 150 just like currently, but I'm not going to spend all of my money. <laughs> and on this microphone and not have anything left for like two bites like food if i ever need it or gas if i need it or this or that you know yeah <clears throat> most of the time um, my parents just want me to put the money in the bank like pretty quick after i get it but mm-hmm. smart that's smart yeah but i it's it's interesting it's interesting to see the different products that you can get but if you said you, you have like a laptop and you're going if you just want to use that then that's easy. And I was, yeah, I've looked into ways to make everything really cheap. Like, like I can use my phone as a, as a webcam. So I don't have to buy that. Um, and no, I'm going to get a new phone for my birthday. Cause this one just doesn't work like at all. <laughs> <laughs> so that way I can just, this can just be like the webcam. There you go. But I already have a desk lamp. So I need to buy like lights or something. I've got a desk lamp, but if we were going to put stuff on YouTube, we'd probably need to buy a camera because when you record the show like this, it's just like split screen and it's kind of weird, but we could, I don't know. That's, that's a ways away in the future mm-hmm. where I actually figure out how to do something and not just upload a Skype video. <laughs> just I, have, I know, I know less than you when it comes to doing stuff with this. So I'm nervous to talk. We'll get we'll probably get more interactions on Instagram than we do on like Spotify. So hopefully we can convert some of these co- comments over to, to listen which is nice. Since I guess our two our two uh, bold takes episodes have done relatively well in comparison to some of the latest top ten episodes that did not do great. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's nice to see some of our quote quote hard work sitting in front of our phones and talking to each other about sports. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, pays off to some extent. Yeah, whatever extent that is, you know, still fun chilling out with the bros, talking some sports because that is one of my favorite things to do. So. Whether we get zero listens or, or 15,000, you know, still fun. Mm-hmm. And again, the NFL starting September 10th, so three weeks. Um, yeah. 
Gotta get these fantasy seasons started. Come on. At some point, yeah. I'm going to have to start doing some fantasy leagues here. Yeah, we can get some leagues set up here. <laughs> uh, that'll yeah, be I'm, I'm enjoying that. I got to start making some calls here. I, I'm, I don't know. It's hard to tell how, like, what people actually want, but I, yeah. I really want to be in, like, a real, like, an actual serious league. Because, like you said, it's always, every league that I've been in, it's always just, like, three weeks, people are really into it. And then, like, some people quit. And then, like, by week 10, there's three active people. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's always, like, first three weeks, people pay attention. And then you get to the point where it's, like, everyone just has, like, s- some bummy player. But it's, like, um, who wants to take AJ Green off my hands? <laughs> it's, like, nobody wants to take AJ Green from you. It's, like, okay, fine. I'm not going to pay attention anymore. Yeah. And it's just, like, a hug. Yeah. But I like fantasy football. And I'm, I've done it, like, a good bit of research. I am. I still. I've still yet to refresh my my fantasy football big board that I sent you. <laughs> um, I've, but, I've never made a big board to be honest. I just kind of go with it. When I get to my pick, it's like, hmm, who do I who do I think it will do better? I make it, but then I'm I'm never gonna actually follow it. Yeah, because because it's almost always I just draft a running back number no matter what in the first round, and then mm-hmm. a wide receiver in the second round, and then a running back again in the third round. I think if I really came down to it and it was, like, the best running back available, it was, like, Kenyon Drake, or I can get, like, Julio Jones. And that's, like, in the first round, it's like, okay, I think I have to take Julio Jones. I've never but been overall, put, but, yeah. Yeah, I've never been put in that situation, but overall, I'm definitely a running back first-round guy. Pretty much. Not. If you're a quarterback first-round guy, get out of my league. Come on. There's only, like, yeah, it's only, like, Lamar Jackson or, or Patrick Mahomes that are, First round worthy this year, but I think the I'm not taking up- a quarterback in the first round ever, never, no matter what. I will not take a quarterback in the first round. The impact are so low. Like the fantasy player of the year is never a quarterback. I think it was it was obviously Christian McCaffrey this year. Um, I'm just never gonna go because there's always a quarterback that's gonna do well on the waivers or just like some random like late round quarterback. Like I, you can get Dak Prescott late round. You get Josh Allen late round. You get Daniel Jones late round. Big Ben, Matt Ryan, they're all productive quarterbacks. Big Ben and Josh Allen are my two quarterback targets. Um, if you, we're probably going to be in the same league this year at some point. So I don't know what my quarterback targets are. I just got to go with it. Kyler Murray's the guy that like everyone's targeting. Yeah, Kyler Murray's going to get way too high, and Russell Wilson. I definitely am never the guy that takes like that gets Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, because I'm always a guy that waits to get quarterbacks until like everyone else. As it started with their quarterback, because I'm because it's always like for me at least it's like draft all the skill positions you can and then draft your quarterback. I got Kittle like, and I was in two leagues and I got Kittle on both of the leagues in the third round, and it was an absolute steal because Kittle obviously does good when he's like, and you know, yeah. except against he's when he's up against like really top tier defenses, is mm-hmm. when he has struggles. So I'm definitely gonna target him again this year. But but if I if I have to, I'm not going to get Travis Kelsey because Travis Kelsey's on the first round and it's going to be annoying. So, yeah. yeah, I usually try to go running back first two rounds, but I play it by ear in the second round. The thing mm-hmm. is, usually by the time you get to my pick in the second round, there's like one or two running backs that are left that are like quality tier two running back, like quality running back twos. And then there's like some solid receivers left. Like, you know, last year it was like in my main league, it was like, okay, the really the only productive running back left. The only the only productive running back I have here left is Joe Mixon, but then you look at the wide receivers and it's like hmm, they're still Cooper Cup, Tyler Lockett, 
Robert Woods is still available. There's still Brandon Cooks. You know, you you know, I still see Jarvis Landry, AJ Green at the time, who we thought was coming back, and like Devontae Parker, Kenny Galladay. It's like there's a lot of receivers that could be something, but it's like there's not a lot of running backs. You know, someone I might try and sign like last round. Last round is always my kick around. I always wait till the last round to draft a kicker because they're obviously the least important. I'm sure, like, there are people that draft, like, Stephen Winikowski, or not Stephen Winikowski, Stephen Gutkowski, like, and, like, the 10th round. Like, why are you drafting a kicker so early? I've no. seen that, like, no. That's okay. Really? It's like, I got Zane Gonzalez off of the waivers, and he put up, like, 11 points per game for me. It's like, yeah, like that's better than some of my running backs. He's <laughs> always a good waiver wire kicker. Like, so. As long as you're like paying attention, you can get someone good. That's facts. Todd, yeah, Todd Gurley, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, um, and then maybe someone like Kareem Hunt. But definitely, I'm going to try and draft Antonio Brown with my last pick this year. Because if I think he's going to get signed, the team that I think is going to get signed with, he's going to mm. have some, with a really good scrambling quarterback that's mm. plays for that is not. I'm wondering that. because, um, you know, that there's like the, the access slots this year for like. COVID players or whatever, could I draft Antonio Brown and just throw him in one of those spots? Yeah. Because I would do that 100%. Yeah. Because yeah, cause if Antonio Brown gets signed, he's going to be really good. That's likely to happen. Yeah. If Antonio Brown's signed, he's still a great receiver. The question is, is Antonio Brown going to get signed? So I guess this is the end of the Colton and Josh episode 29. Good episode overall. Had some nice NBA and fantasy football talk here at the end. So. Yes. Yeah, if you be in a Colton and Joe show fantasy football league, just DM the Instagram page. <laughs> we don't know. If I had a TSR fantasy league maybe two years ago, and it was not very fun because no one paid any attention to it. Yeah, we'll see how that turns out. <laughs> yeah, Definitely play, don't play. Know, but I, I'll be in. I'll be in at least a two or three leagues this year at some point. Try to get. I just get in a bunch of leagues, hope, hoping that at least one of them is competitive. So yeah really but you know every episode we gotta end it from us here at the Coleman Joe show we are decent